1: Programs and we're back for another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins, and my name is Derek Diamond. So, how has your uh, not even a whole week? Feels like we were just here. How was your last five days?
2: <laughs> yeah, it did go by fast. i uh, not too bad. Um, you know, work still work. Um, worked a wedding on Saturday. Had a nice, uh, relaxing day yesterday, which was uh, which was a lot of fun. So that's good. I got to I got to thinking so I, I know I've told you this and I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show, but over the past like couple of months I've really been getting into lo-fi remixes of video game soundtracks. Oh yeah? It's kinda like a like a chill hip hop kind of vibe.
1: That's cool. It,
2: and I've just been randomly searching for different franchises to see like if they have like a a remix version like people make some really good remixes on YouTube. Yeah. And I found a uh, a Banjo-Kazooie one. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I haven't played Banjo-Kazooie in a while, so that's what I did the majority of yesterday. Was nice. play Banjo-Kazooie.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Been playing what anything playing anything new or or old?
2: Um I I'm going to get uh the new Sonic game um probably sometime this week or maybe early next week and then uh the week after that is when the Mario RPG remake comes out which i'm hearing nothing but amazing things about yeah um i've watched some gameplay of it it looks really really good like i haven't been this excited for like a a remade game in a long time
1: yeah i'm going to pick it up too when it comes out there's a bunch of stuff I want to get right now. I just don't have the money to get or the time to play anything. So,
2: yeah, that's where I'm at too.
1: And, uh, all oh, that I've was done your week. Is, it's pretty good. I've just been playing Haunted House, what I'm reviewing tonight. Um, that game is hard. I mean, it's enjoyable. We'll talk about it in a little while, but man, those roguelike games are, uh, you got to get used to dying a lot playing those games.
2: <laughs> I've heard stories. I've never played one, but I, I know what you're talking about.
1: I picked up some cool VHS tapes the other day. I got the, uh, remember the old Flash series from like 1990 or 91, early 90s it came out? With uh, with John Wesley Shipp. Yeah, I found a VHS tape with the very first episode on it. Oh, that's cool. I was like, oh, I need this for the collection. Where'd you find it? Just at a thrift store? Yeah, it was at the thrift store. It was a really good shape too, so that was a really good find.
2: Nice. Yeah, that's, uh, I've watched bits and pieces of that show, but I mean, you know, John Wesley Ship is known for being the Flash and also has uh, Mark Hamill as the trickster. Mm -hmm.
1: I watched the whole series when I was a kid and then it just sort of died and disappeared for decades until, you know, the new Flash series came out and then they brought John Wesley Ship back and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And um, eh, eh. I remember I went back tr- back and watched that old um, TV series not too long ago, maybe a couple years ago. I don't know if it holds up all that well, but, you know, we did what we had to do back in the 90s.
2: Yeah, you got to take stuff for what it is as far as, like, when it was made and the, the limitations of technology at the time.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, is the suit looked really cool back then when on just regular TV. But then you see it in HD and you're like, oh, <laughs> that thing is not as cool and, looking uh, as it did back then.
2: I'm telling you, there are a lot of movies that <laughs> I don't know if they should have gotten the HD treatment. Yeah, they were. I don't because, think they
1: were thinking HD back in the day.
2: No, no, they were not. It's Some of those are rough. There are some movies like you. Know, you can watch Jurassic Park in HD, mm-hmm. and it still looks good. Yeah, Terminator 2 still looks good. The Abyss still looks good.
1: I mean, even Batman 89 still looks pretty good, even though you can kind of see more of the detail in the suit, like we were pointing out, look, those are Nikes, you know, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Or whenever the Joker shoots the Batwing down, you could tell that the city is a, a yeah. model.
1: That, that's the thing that hurts the most when you go back and look at older mo- movies when they use miniatures. You can really tell in HD.
2: Yeah, no uh no more masking it, nope. unfortunately.
1: <laughs> As I say all the time in our commentary tracks, damn HD. I know, right? <laughs> but that um, should be our next shirt. Actually, uh coming up this month, maybe next week, do you want to go ahead and do the uh the top 5 next week for this month? That'll way give us a little bit more time to to re- to play some games to review. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually,
2: uh, when I was at work today, I was thinking about, you know, when we were going to do the next top five. So,
1: yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good for doing it next week. Awesome. So uh, so what we're going to do is, you heard, here, heard it here first, and you can go to our Discord, join our Discord, and go to the top five uh, tab we have there. Put your top fives in there. You can send them to us on Facebook or X or Twitter, whatever he's calling it these days. Uh, just send us your top five most replayable games. The games you have played the most throughout your life. And this should be quite interesting because I have way more than five. I don't know how I'm going to whittle it down to five.
2: I know my top two. From there, it'll be kind of tough. I know as far as narrowing it down.
1: I know what my absolute number one is, but going from two to five is going to be tough.
2: No one will be surprised at my top two.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I'll say that.
2: But it it'll be a fun list. I'm I'm always curious to see you know what everybody else's list is, as far as you know, like what what you played back then more than
1: anything else. And I was also thinking maybe for December the top five. What if we do something like you know I know not everybody celebrates Christmas, but you know we got Jewish listeners and stuff like Hanukkah. But what's what's your I was thinking like we could do like top five best holiday gift moments like it doesn't have to be retro games but just like the best gifts you ever got as a yeah kid. i love that so I, i'm because i got quite a few i want to throw uh on a top five list because I, I really want to get into the christmas spirit this year because halloween was ruined for me <laughs> because of the month of november so i really want to get into christmas this year
2: in addition to that, we should do a uh, a commentary track for Die Hard.
1: Oh, uh, Joey says in the chat room the Smart TV YouTube app is about a minute and a half behind the website. Uh, it means every time he comments, it's like two minutes behind the show. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I I have it on the lowest latency you could put it on in OBS. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that.
2: Oh, who knows with those Smart TVs? Who
1: knows. But uh, but yeah, that might be a good top five to do in uh, in December. So uh, I think we should do that. I think that would be a good one to do.
2: Yeah, I think that'll
1: be a lot of fun. But um, but I think it's time to go into the news. What do you say? Let's do it. Some of tonight's stories were submitted to us by Armez Jackson and Mr. Mike Evelyn. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And uh, yes, Joey, uh, for your top five, uh, wow does count, even though it doesn't end. It's still going on. I mean, it's replayable. I mean, you keep playing it all the time for for years. Um, The first story tonight comes from... Nintendolife.com, the mysterious Marus, Murasame Castle, um, and the mystery is why this took so long to be released outside Japan. Um, let's see, it was not originally released outside Japan. Chances are that long-time Nint- Nintendo fans in the West have noticed nostalgic references to this unfamiliar title over the years. Uh, Takamura's Ninja Castle in Nintendo Land, Mur- Murasame Castle Mode in Samurai Warriors 3, or perhaps some music in Super Smash Bros. Brawl. All of these, as well as some more in other games, are references to this very Famicom Disk System game from 1986. Uh, uh Mysterious Murasame Castle, a literal, tra- literal tra- translation of its original Japanese title, Nazo no Marasume Ju, puts you in the shoes of Takamura, a samurai apprentice who has defeated Who has to defeat both alien creatures that have taken over the titular castle and the Damios of the neighboring castles that were corrupted by said alien's power? Uh, Let's see. Any uh, blah, blah, blah. This is a kind of long article. I'm just going to give the the meat here. Um, uh, Although it is a blood relative. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, for an 8-bit game in the mid-80s, it is fairly impressive in the audio-visual department thanks to the fact that it was on Famicom Disk rather than being a cart-based game. Uh, let's see, is it coming to... I think it's supposed to be on the Switch, but I'm not looking where it says it was officially released on the Switch.
2: I don't know that it actually says it. Huh. Because I'm not, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, but uh, Armus sent us
1: this, and I was looking at. I was like, "This is what looks like a really cool game. If it's on the Switch, I might pick it up." But I'm not seeing where it's uh, available on the Switch.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure where it's available. Oh, it says here we're updating and republishing it to mark the game's arrival in the Nintendo Switch
1: Online NES Library. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, so they're dropping it in there. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it is available. Yeah, that'd be that- an interesting one to review, and that's the the great thing about the switch and really modern this is going to sound like an oxymoron but modern retro gaming because you can release games that were never published outside of Japan or yeah. outside the US so uh, yeah th- this is really cool uh, the story sounds interesting a samurai apprentice that has to fight an alien
1: because yeah. it says um the mysterious castle is more like a a linear action oriented version of the original legend of zelda it even uses the same engine, much like Kid Icarus and Metroid were sibling projects that shared the same technical framework. Although there are only five stages, each, each consists of two sections, one indoors and one outdoors, with each inside section ending with a boss fight, except for the final stage, which has a boss in both sections.
2: I think I'll check this out because the, the screen caps do remind me of the original Legend of Zelda.
1: Yeah, they do. Maybe with a, a little lot. bit
2: more detail in it, but very similar.
1: Yeah, it still has that early Nintendo game look to it. Like there's not a whole lot of detail in everything, but it definitely has that nin- early Nintendo black box look to it. Oh, absolutely. So that'll be interesting once that drops. I might. Uh... Oh, Maybe we can do a dual review of it or something, but I'm defi- definitely definitely going to play it when it comes out.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, let see, this next story comes to us from PCMag.com. Microsoft appears to block unofficial third-party accessories on Xbox. A recent Xbox update may include a mechanism to block third-party controllers. Earlier this month, several Xbox users reported seeing a mysterious error message It says their third-party controller is an unauthorized accessory. This means one of the accessories you're trying to connect was not manufactured by Microsoft or another licensed Xbox hardware partner, the message reads. It then says the user will only have two weeks to use the accessory before Microsoft blocks access. I would be livid (laughs) if I bought a controller or something and then it's like, oh, you can't use it.
1: So That's...
2: I mean uh, what,
1: what is really the the intent behind this is, is this I mean so you only can use Microsoft branded controllers on the Xbox Series X and S maybe so I mean what uh, there's
2: a uh, there was a tweet sent out by a uh, Brook Gaming which is the manufacturer that this article's talking about it's a Chinese manufacturer of third party controllers Uh, This was sent out on October 20th, and I'll just paraphrase it here. Uh, Dear gamers, we extend our heartfelt appreciation for your unwavering support and interest in Brook. We find it necessary to share share crucial information with you regarding our Xbox console-related products, which may encounter functional disruptions in the near future. And then it lists uh, six different products of theirs that will be affected. Hmm. Um, it says here they are fully committed to developing a solution to maintain product quality and functionality. So this will be this will be interesting to follow. But yeah, if this if they're not able to be used, there's going to be a lot of unhappy people.
1: Yeah, I mean, how did this work in the past with like Mad Cats and stuff like that? Because they were a third party controller. I mean, is this is eight bit do or eight bit do controllers going to get bricked as well? Because that sucks.
2: Yeah, that's that'll be interesting to look into. I just don't understand the point. Like, I get Microsoft will want people to use their products, but they're so expensive.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, branded Microsoft controllers are not cheap, and if you can only afford to get a third party and then it's not going to work, like, what, that's just... That's like a Nintendo move, man. Like, what are you doing, Microsoft?
2: I don't know. Th- this, is, this is kind of a jerk move.
1: Yeah. This is like a, so. a,
2: a high school bully move. It is. It, I'm not a fan.
1: I'm not a fan of it either. I mean, maybe they're trying to to crack down on cheaters or something, but what's to stop them from using them on PCs? Yeah, exactly. So you're just, I don't know. This is just just weird. This is a weird decision by Microsoft. I don't like it. Uh, And from Nintendo, also from NintendoLife.com, Wario's new voice actor confirms role on social media. Unsurprisingly, he's also the new voice of Mario and Luigi. Well, if you weren't already convinced, the new Mario and Luigi actor Kevin Afghani has now confirmed he's also the voice of Wario. In a brief update on social media, he did a little Wario role play while mentioning he was going back to play the game he's in, WarioWare Move It on Switch. Uh, let's see, uh, this quick update follows a glimpse of the credits in the new WarioWare earlier this week, which places Afghani at the very top of the voice page. As you can see, it's already got some Nintendo fans on social media speculate if he'll be handling the voice of Waluigi as well. Uh, let's see, he replaced Charles Martinet, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and before Mario and Wario, one of Afghani's most famous roles was Arnold in Genshin Impact. And he's appeared in both the new WarioWare and Super Mario Brothers. Wonder Nintendo has already confirmed the re-release of Luigi's Mansion Two, which will include Charles Martinet when it arrives in 2024.
2: Sounds like he's going to be quite busy. A little bit. If, if he's voicing, <laughs> I mean, you know, Martinet did the same thing, so I think it's cool that they're getting like a a multifaceted actor to play these roles. Yeah. Um, I I think it'll help with you know, the transition, it'll seem a little bit more seamless. There won't be like this jarring, you know, noticeable change. Yeah. So th- this is cool.
1: I just hope this guy turns out to be a, a good human being like Charles Martinet is and yeah. was, and we don't find out like a year or two from now, this guy's actually just a big scumbag <laughs> like behind the scenes.
2: That happens more often than, than it should. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. The yeah. uh, either way like I, for right now I would say this is definitely really cool. Yeah. Um, that's got to be a a dream come true for a voice actor. Oh, to dude. play not just Mario, but Luigi and Wario and probably Waluigi.
1: Can you imagine like getting that phone call? Like, oh my god. Uh I I'd love to hear an interview with him,
2: <laughs> to, for him to talk about what happened when he got that phone call, like his reaction.
1: We should reach out see if he'll come do an interview for us.
2: Hey, only one way to find out if he will. Yeah. And finally, from com, Atari is buying the developer behind its excellent 50th anniversary retro compilation. Uh, Atari is acquiring Digital Eclipse, a studio that specializes in preserving and re-releasing retro games on modern hardware. The releases are often rich in additional materials and historical content. Think the Criterion Collection, but for video games. In a press release, Atari says it's paying up to $20 million for the studio, including an initial $6.5 million paid in a combination of cash and shares, and a further $13.5 million, which is due to be paid in cash over the next decade, subject to Digital Eclipse's performance. It expects to complete the deal in the coming days. They worked together on last year's Atari 50, the anniversary celebration, which included ports of over 90 classic games, as well as unreleased prototypes and neat extras, like short documentaries and old photos and magazine articles. But they've also uh, produced games like the Kawabunga Collection and the interactive documentary, The Making of Karateka. This I think is a very smart move mm-hmm. by Atari. And I haven't played the uh, Atari collection, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. I think the additional material like, you know, the the uh, prototypes and documentaries is really smart to put in
1: any type of a collection. And I think this is a smart business move. This is the smartest move Atari has made in like 20 years <laughs> because Think of all the crap they've been involved with over the last five, 10 years with like that weird hotel thing they were talking about doing. And then um, they were getting into like Bit, not Bitcoin, but coming up with their own like cryptocurrency and then doing that, that weird VCS thing, like trying to make a modern console, but not really. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, just make games, just be a game company it's worked well for sega since you know for the past 20 years just be a game company even if it's just making new versions of old atari games like that's what people want that's what you need to do
2: and i think you know it it shows that atari is more aware than we give them credit for because digital eclipse made such a good collection that mm-hmm. why would you not want them Essentially, you know, in house, yeah, for any future projects.
1: And Joey said the uh, the Atari fifty is only thirty. Does it say 30? Yeah, uh, thirty? Yeah, thirty dollars
2: on PS five on
1: PS five. That's not bad, actually. I need. To, I still Mm-mm. need to get a copy of it. I just. I every time I see it, I'm tempted to get it, but then I'm like, ah, I'll just wait on this, and I don't get it. I just need to go ahead and get it.
2: Yeah, me too. I'm not really familiar with Atari's library as much as you know you and probably most of our listeners. But you know, thirty dollars is a reasonable price. So I I need to pick it up too.
1: But like I said, this is the smartest move Atari has made in a long time. So I'm I'm hoping that Atari has some plan for their future to just make games. Like like Konami. Like come on, Konami. Just make games. That's what we need you to do. I'll
2: say this. You don't see Chick-fil-A making hamburgers. Yeah,
1: exactly. Stop trying to make weird hotels and stop trying to get into cryptocurrency. Just, like, just stop. Just make damn games, damn it.
2: Now that I say that, I'm going to expect Chick-fil-A to come out with some kind of burger. <laughs> and I'm just going to... Uh, no,
1: that won't happen. And then they'll come but out no, with, this this is really cool. With a Chick coin. You know, for every purchase, you get a Chick coin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, before Lord. we go into this month in video game history, we want to tell you guys about our mobile game partner, Globe Glider. And if you like action adventure platformers, and we know you do, Globe Glider is for you. Make a donation to the game using our partnership is quick and easy. Just simply hit the donate button and select Nerd Cave Retro as your referral partner to unlock sweet in game prizes like an exclusive Nerd Cave Retro cape. So download Globe Glider now on the App Store or Google Play. And who doesn't want an exclusive? Yeah, it's an exclusive Nerd Cave retro cape. So go get it. Go get it. Right, the game's free to download, it's free to play, but you know you can donate to the game.
2: That just sounds so cool, exclusive cape.
1: Yeah, we have a we have our own we have our own video game cape, Derek. That's awesome. It is. But, uh, but now it is time for this month in video game history. Let's go don our capes and we'll dive into history. <laughs> <laughs> On November 25th of 1991, SNK releases Fatal Fury, King of Fighters for the Neo Geo. I wanted a Neo Geo so bad when I was a kid. I used to see the advertisement for the Neo Geo in the back of like the video game magazines and stuff. And that Neo Geos were like $800, $1,000 back then. Like, that's insane.
2: That is insane. You want to see even more insane, Neo Geo games were available on the Wii Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but mm-hmm. they had games like, they had Neo Geo, they had Turbo Graphics, they had Sega Genesis and yeah. the Master System. Mm-hmm. Like, that that virtual console was insane. And I don't know what happened with Nintendo. I've never played a Neo Geo game. I I wish the Wii virtual console was still active, because I still have all my, you know, I have the Wii console, I have, you know, everything that I ever got for it. It'd be cool to go back and get some of those Neo Geo games.
1: Yeah, whoever they fired or got rid of that, that curated the, uh, uh the what was it called the the virtual the console vir- the virtual console they need to just hire him back or her hire them back and get rid of whoever is running the uh the online shop now because that online shop is abysmal it's an embarrassment yeah. is what it is i looked through it yesterday
2: and i'm like this is still such a joke <laughs> it's awful i don't get it November of 1994, Game Zero Magazine drops their print format and becomes the first video game news magazine on the web, hmm. which is crazy because the internet, like, it was around, <laughs> but it I feel like it didn't really become big until, like, 97, 98.
1: Yeah, and God forbid you had any pictures on there that <laughs> it took, you know, three hours to download, like, you know, uh, just a simple little JPEG.
2: Then you'd have to save them to your floppy disk. Yeah. (laughs) And to put that in perspective, just last year is when Entertainment Weekly switched from print to exclusively online. But Game Zero did it in 1994.
1: I know. They were way ahead of the curve.
2: (laughs) That's maybe a little too far ahead of the curve.
1: Yeah, maybe a little
2: bit. But that's... That was mind blowing to me mm-hmm. to think that like there's still print magazines, but this one was like, you know what? We think this internet's gonna be something one
1: day. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, it might have been a little bit too ahead of the times. And uh, let's yeah. see. November twenty-second of nineteen ninety-nine, rare releases Donkey Kong sixty four for the Nintendo sixty-four in North America.
2: One of the most underrated games for the Nintendo 64. It gets a lot of flack for it being a, a collect-a-thon type mm-hmm. game. And it is, it is excessive, but I think the gameplay is fun. I love the Donkey Kong universe. It introduces some cool characters. I think it's one of the better Donkey Kong games, personally.
1: And uh, one of Rare's better games. Ah, uh, Rare. Where have you gone? Please come back. I was listening to um, the
2: Banjo-Tooie soundtrack also, and Mm -hmm. there's like a... In Banjo-Kazooie, the main hub world is called Spiral Mountain, Mm -hmm. and there's like a sad version of the song that was made for Banjo-Tooie because the area gets pretty screwed up. And someone commented on the YouTube video, this is what plays through Rare's office (laughs) these days. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. They, They were just they were on the mountaintop
1: mm-hmm. of
2: game development. They were right there with Nintendo and Sega. Yep. But uh, what could have been? Yep. But finally, for this month in video game history, on November 12th of 2002, uh, Sega and Sonic Team released the Sonic Mega Collection for the GameCube in North America, which is still to this day the definitive Sonic compilation. Um, It included not just Genesis games, but also had uh, a good portion of the Game Gear games. Had some other Sega properties that you could get. Like, if you would do certain objectives, you would unlock, like, Vector Man or Ristar. Mm -hmm. So those (laughs) were included as well. Um, Really, really fun um, compilation. I still have my copy to this day. Oh, yeah? That's cool. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I wish I could find one, but it's hard to find gamecube games for cheap these days they're starting to get expensive
2: yeah i haven't been to any of the retro stores in town here in a while i need to i need to change that because that there's a couple of things i want to pick up i'm just afraid of how much they're going to be
1: yeah gamecube games have really shot up over the last couple of years ever since the pandemic really And then I guess all the kids that grew up with a GameCube and people that had the GameCube and then got rid of it and then realized that it was awesome and they want to re-get all that stuff again, like, man, those prices really started to shoot up.
2: Yeah. Maybe they'll go back down eventually. It's going to be crazy when things like the Wii are considered to be (laughs) retro.
1: We're not far from it, man. I know. know. (laughs) Really. A couple of years. uh,
2: 2026.
1: Don't remind me. That's too close. <laughs> but uh, before we go into the review tonight, Derek, we want to do our Patreon shoutouts. We have a new patron that we need we to add do. to the list. Yep,
2: yeah, absolutely. We want to shout out our awesome patrons, as always, over at patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. First up, we want to shout out our newest patron, Fed, aka Knife. So thank you for joining the uh, the Patreon family. well, We also want to shout out James, a.k.a. At Jimbo Jr. on Discord, Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B. Rez Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Plato 7 Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I am the Ram, Rampage. Rampage. Steph Sergeant sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, and of course, Mama Diamond herself, Donna Diamond. Diamond. Thank you, (laughs) (laughs) thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the show. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to our fun bonus episodes, which for the most part are commentary tracks. Like uh, for October. We watched the original Scream movie. Uh, We've also watched uh, Transformers, the movie, Batman 89, uh, animated shows like Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, the real Ghostbusters. We haven't done a real Ghostbusters commentary in a long time.
1: Oh, We need to rectify that because I love those. I, I think Ghostbusters, other than Looney Tunes, is probably my favorite cartoons of all time. I respect that. Yeah, those, those are among
2: the most fun commentary tracks we do. So yeah, we should we should definitely rectify that. But the list is near endless on what we've done. So if you want to be a part of our Patreon family for as little as a dollar a month, head over to patreon.com slash And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media info, whether it's Facebook, Twitter slash X, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out.
1: And tonight, I will be talking about... Haunted House by Atari is a reimagining of the classic Atari adventure, of course, Haunted House. You take control of Lynn Graves, a precocious niece of legendary treasure hunter Zachary Graves. Lynn visits her uncle's mansion with her closest compatriots, only to find the house overrun with ghouls and monsters who quickly grab and spirit away her friends. In order to free her uncle and her friends and capture all the supernatural foes, Lynn must find the shattered pieces of a magical urn and put them back together. Uh, Procedurally generated room layout, shifting walls, unpredictable enemy placements, and unique ghostly encounters, Lynn must creep, sneak, and dash her way through hordes of ghouls and eerie ectoplasms in order to locate her friends and uncle. And um, this is a game I picked up as soon as I saw the the trailer for it, which is where I got that music from, uh, was the trailer for the game. I saw it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh my god, I want to play this so bad because I never had the original Haunted House, but my cousin did, and we used to swap games back and forth when I was a kid for the Atari. And uh, I remember there was this one time I stayed at their house for like two weeks because my mom had like major surgery when I was a kid, so we played a ton of Atari when I was over there. And I remember Haunted House was one of the ones we played a lot. And uh, the original Haunted House came out in 1982. uh, was programmed by James Andreessen for the Atari uh, 2600. The um, player controls an avatar shaped like a pair of eyes who explores a mansion seeking out parts of an urn to return to the entrance. It's populated by roaming en- enemies, including vampire bats, tarantulas, and ghosts, and was among the first games to use player-controlled scrolling between large portions of visual space. And the reason I like this original Atari game, I didn't get to play it a whole lot, but they really did a lot with, uh, created an atmosphere in that game. As simple as those Atari 2600 games were, they did a lot to create atmosphere. And It played a lot like Adventure. Did you ever play Adventure for the Atari 2600?
2: I did not, but I've watched some gameplay of it.
1: It's one of the few Atari games where it has an actual ending to it, where like you can actually finish the game. It's not like it's it's not like Pac Man or you know Donkey Kong where you just sort of keep playing until the game eventually just bricks, you know, it just glitches out, and that's the ending of those games. Like no, this one, these had actual. Like uh, things to do in the game, and you could actually experience uh, an end to the game. But that really intrigued me as soon as I saw the trailer for this new remake. And and, you know, I know this is not a retro game, I know Wally's gonna say, Oh, it's not a retro game. Like, I have done indie games before, and even though this is not an indie game, this is a remake of a classic game, much like Resident Evil 2. And um, if you like games that are the, uh, it's a roguelite type of game, which means you're going to die a lot. It's basically, you make a run through the, ca- the the mansion, get as far as you can get, and if you die, then you start back at at the beginning and you make a run again. It's one of those games that if you like that kind of game loop, like uh, especially if you're a fan of something like Hades, this is right up your alley.
2: What's interesting in really more fascinating than anything is looking at the gameplay from the original. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you play as just a pair of eyes yeah. <laughs> and then you see the, the remake, which looks like an animated movie Yes, that would, that would be made like, you know, with like that modern animation style, yeah. which I think is really cool. And I, I haven't played the remake, but I watched some gameplay of it um, over the weekend and it looks like a blast.
1: Yeah, that's the first thing I put in my notes here. I love the mood that the game sets. It's very stylized and cartoony. And by that, I mean it's it's like l- playing a Pixar movie or something. You know, something like uh, Monster House or, you know, uh, Paranorman or something along those. Like it's that style, like the Addams Family. It's very much in that vein. Like I could actually see them making a movie out of this. Like, it's got a good, uh, uh, you know, the, the main characters don't really talk or anything. Like, there's no voice in the game. It's all, like, uh, text. Text. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I love the mood that this game sets, and it would make a pretty cool animated movie, I would think.
2: And the, the cut scenes, too, how they they have that animated look, but the characters don't really move all that much, so it's almost mm-hmm. like a storybook, yes, in a way. And I, you probably never played uh, Sonic and the Secret Rings for the mm-hmm. Wii, but it, in that game, Sonic is transported into um, the Arabian Night story, and the way the cutscenes play out are very similar to that. Like they're animated different, but they play out kind of the same. Where there's like. Um, text and just like subtle movements that happen every few seconds i really like that style Mm -hmm. of cutscene
1: and and the way you go through the game of course it's like that hades or you know the roguelike type thing where you go into the mansion and each room you go into like you go into a room and the room is locked until you do whatever task it tells you to do in the room like okay in this room you have to defeat all the enemies or, you know, uh, this other thing I I could, I say, you know, break the ghost chains, which you have, you have this lantern, which is your source of doing damage. Um, And you can uh, go through and you clear out each room and you can do damage with your lantern, like, like blasting it at ghosts and stuff like that. And it's very weak (laughs) to start with. Like I'm, I've been playing for about six or seven hours now. Maybe more than that. Gosh, probably maybe 10, 12 hours now. And I'm just now to where each time you finish a room, a chest will appear and you get gems out of the chest. And each time you die, you go back to the main hall and you can go to this guy who's in a room off to the right and you trade your gems to him for upgrades like you upgrade the power of your lantern or you get your stamina and things like that. You can also have like you, the the butler's there when you first wake up. You can also give him gems to spruce up the mansion too, like he, new carpeting and new uh, uh uh plants and things of that paintings, things of that nature. But that you get these gems and you can upgrade yourself. Um but I'm just now to level 4 of the lantern and I'm just now starting to feel like I can actually do some damage with it.
2: That's curious about the, um, trading gems to the Butler to spruce up the mansion. Is that just like something you can do for fun or is there like, a um, I want to say a point to it.
1: Uh, I'm but... sure there is. I don't know what the, po- I mean, I have gotten a couple of things here and there, like, like new carpets, you know, because the floors are, are cracking because, you know, the fa- the the mansion's so old. And, you know, he's like, help me, you know, cover up the, you know, like help me spruce the place up. I need some new carpets to cover these cracks or whatever, you know, stuff like that. So, I don't know what, I mean, I'm sure you get something for it, but I'm not quite sure. Um, but you do go through the mansion and you come across other people. Um there's another guy in the lobby on the other side of the staircase where you go in there and you collect uh game cartridges for him. As you go through the the mansion, you come across like an Atari cartridge, you grab it and then once you go back to the lobby, you take it to him. He tells you about the game like, you know, get the game like Yar's Revenge and he tells you about, you know, the making of Yar's Revenge and then he gives you, you know, a but ton of gems for collecting it for him, and you come across other people that work in the mansion as well, like the maid. Um, you got to collect all—all all of her cats have escaped. So sometimes you'll come across a room where there's a cat running around, and let me tell you, trying to catch those damn cats is <laughs> aggravating at best because they're so much faster than you are. Um, and then you come across the cook, and he's uh, wants his. All of his utensils have been taken, so you get all of his utensils, and you go give them to them their stuff back for you know perks like gems and things of that nature
2: That's so cool about the the atari cartridges. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a a meta you know like little nod to yeah. the audience kind of thing that that's really cool and i I like that there's so much else to do besides just like the main story like yeah. you mentioned with finding the cats with finding the utensils that that sounds like it gives it some good like replay value mhm
1: yeah it's it's definitely one of those games where you just all right let me go one more time all right i let me just go one more i'll sit there for an hour going all right i just I just died like let me go one more time it's just it's one of those games that's like uh one more one more go one more go and then it, it I I like that kind of gameplay. The only thing I don't like about it, and I have made this known before, I'm not a fan of stealth, and there's a lot of points in the game where you have to be stealthy. Like, the first kind of not really boss, but you have to get past, like, this witch. And it took me forever to get past her, because you have to get past her, and you can see where they're looking. Like, wherever the ghosts and stuff are looking, they have, like, this red, um, like kind of thing that goes out in front of them and you can see where they're looking. So you have to, you know, cover your lantern and sneak past them so they don't see you. And to get past her, you have to collect 3 things uh out of chests and then sneak back out past her so she doesn't see you. And I must have died 50 times before I could finally get past her. Because I suck at stealth in games, I'm just ter- I'm awful at it. I'm terrible. I don't really have the patience
2: for for stealth games, but it, it does make sense for a game like this to have some stealth elements to yeah. it.
1: I mean, like I said, it's not all the time. It's just certain right. rooms you go into.
2: Yeah. Um Joey was asking what system is this remake on? Uh
1: it is on everything. You can get it on Steam. Uh, I'm actually looking at the Steam page right now and it is Um I don't even I got it on the Switch. Um let's see. It is 19.99 right now on Steam. I think I got it on sale for like it was like 12.99 or something. That's on, not uh, bad at all. Even 20 is not bad on the Switch, but it's also available for um PS5, and I think it might actually be on Game Pass, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, but it's available everywhere. I I got it on the Switch because that's where I like to play stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, but I I had a feeling that was where you played it. But yeah. it's cool that you can play it, you know, really anywhere. Like games like this should be available on all consoles.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's just such a fun type of gameplay. And um, I love, you know, just that kind of going at something over and over again, trying to get further and further. Uh, let's see. So we should gift you a cop. Chuck in the chat room says, so we should gift you a copy of Thief for Christmas and you'll play it on YouTube so we can watch you suffer at stealth play. Dude, I suck so bad. You would not want to watch me play stealth games on on YouTube.
2: The only stealth game that I've really liked is uh Arkham Asylum.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's the only game I've ever liked stealth in.
2: And I mean that's just because you're Batman. Yeah. And it's that's a really good game.
1: But there are some rooms that you come across in here where it's not really you don't really have to be stealthy. You just have to find a spot where because it's like there's these rooms you go in and it says stay alive for, you know, a minute. Or something. And it's just all these enemies just keep popping up and going everywhere. But there are certain spots in the room where you can just cover your lantern and just squat. And just like, oh god, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me. And you can sit there for the whole minute. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're trying not to die in this room by like a dozen enemies. And you're just like, oh my god, that minute is just like... Slowly ticking down. You're like, oh my god, I'm not gonna make it. But that's that's sometimes. I mean, each room kind of has a different objective. Some of them you gotta, you know, survive for a minute, minute and a half. Other ones you gotta go in and and look through chests to find an idol to go and set on the the altar in the room. And every time you complete the task of a room, it um, this huge white light comes out of the altar and just kills everything in the room. So sometimes I'll just run <laughs> and try to, like, like, as like I run in a room and it's like, you know, find the altar. And I'll just run as fast as I can to, like, all the chests and try to find the altar so I can just run back and go to the, the thing uh, and put the idol on the altar and just wipe out everything in the room and then just go around collecting all the coins.
2: Oh that's fantastic. I've got to play this game. This sounds like a lot of fun. Even yeah. though like you said you die a lot, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, as long as it's to the point where it's like you keep want to keep playing it mm-hmm. and try to get past, you know, what what is impeding your progress. This sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I haven't I'm nowhere near finishing this game cuz like it's like Hades. It's going to it's one of those games that's just going to take you forever. To finally finish it, but I'm I'm there for the ride. Like I love what I've played so far of this game, and yeah, it does have some elements that I'm not a fan of, like the uh, the stealth and things like that. But that's only such a that's kind of a a small part of the actual gameplay. So I enjoy collecting all the stuff, and you know the the cartridges. I I like um, the RPG elements of upgrading. All your stuff, you know, your lantern, and making yourself quieter. Like you walk through, and if you knock, you can easily knock stuff over, which then alerts everything in the room to your to where you are. Um, you can get things like you're going through, and the chest, and you get things like bunny slippers, which make you walk quietly. Things like that, you know. Like I just really like finding all the little things they put in this game that just make it like you can tell that they really love the source material and just wanted to make a really cool kind of halloween themed haunted house game
2: what's crazy too is uh, according to the steam page this came out really recently yeah it's on october 12th of this year
1: yeah so it hasn't even been out a month yet
2: that's amazing so that, got, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to play this at some point.
1: Yeah, because I saw the, uh, the 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 ad for it, um, the trailer for it, a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Holy crap! When is this coming out?" And I saw that it was out already. I'm like, "Oh, I instantly went to the switch and and purchased a copy of it." But I don't think I that, paid twenty for. it I remember paying like twelve ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine. I knew it was like it was a sale. Or something, even though it's a new game, I don't remember paying twenty for it.
2: I was about to say that's really surprising, given that it's a brand new game that it would be discounted.
1: yeah, I don't know maybe it was a new new game thing or something I, I don't know, but I, I might have paid twenty, but I don't remember I don't think I paid that much for it, but even still either even still, it's worth twenty bucks. yeah, I was going to say twenty bucks
2: for a game like this as much as you're praising it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's really that
1: bad. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely spend money on worse. <laughs> you know, like this yeah. is a a very well put together game, and like and like we said earlier, Atari's made some really good decisions lately. Buying up, um, what was the name of that that company they bought? Um, it was.
2: Can we go back to it? Digital Eclipse.
1: Yeah, digitally buying Digital Eclipse, doing this remake. Like, how many other? Atari games, could they do this style of remake with? And I hope this does well enough that it shows Atari that there is a market out there for this stuff. I mean, like people are like, oh, it's a remake. Well, yeah, it's like you're, it's, it's a remake of a game that was like, <laughs> like. 2 bit. It wasn't even 8 bit. It was like one one pixel on the screen, you know, back for the Atari 2600. Like there are so many games from the Atari library that could get this treatment and get remade into something completely new and and modernized.
2: And Joey echoed what I was about to say. Their next game should be a remake of
1: Adventure. 100%. I am down for that.
2: Uh, they just have to use the soundbite. I think I'm quite ready for another adventure. Yeah,
1: I mean, look at all the games that, uh, you know, like Space Invaders and, and uh, River Raid, <laughs> you know, games like that. Like, they, they could completely do remakes of those games. Of course, Adventure. Uh, and there's just Pitfall. Imagine, like, a new version of Pitfall. I'd play yeah. it just out of sheer curiosity.
2: I think a remake of Adventure would really put it over the top, because even those that aren't very familiar with Atari, they know what Adventure is. Like mm-hmm. They've heard of that game before.
1: Yeah. Oh, and Joey Image says, or a VR version of Asteroids. <laughs> That's That'd perfect. be fun. Yeah. Or a new version of Defender. Like, Defender was a great game back in the day. Like, they could do a new... All these games could could have... Remakes, and I would be there for it.
2: I forgot there was a Pitfall for the PS2.
1: Yeah, they did a couple. They did a Nintendo game, a couple of Nintendo games, some Super Nintendo games.
2: Yeah, I know one for for Super Nintendo. Because
1: Picture- I think it was called Pitfall: The Mayan Adventures. Yeah, imagine a new Pitfall st- a game in the style of like uh, uh, Uncharted or something like that. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm down for it. I mean, but this game, I mean, there's not much more I can heap praise upon it. Like I said, if you're into roguelite type of games like Hades or something like that, it's not the action. You're not going to get the, uh, the you know, the action of Hades. This is more of like a, being very uh, methodical of what you're doing. It's not gonna. It's not that you know, super fast paced action, but it's the same kind of gameplay. Um, so if you're into that, I say give it a try. Like for me, I mean, this game it's not perfect, but it, it gets an eight and a half out of ten.
2: I think it's a really good score, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, I, mean I consider eight eight and a half to be quite good.
1: It is quite good. I'm very, very taken with this game right now, and I'm, I've am i loved every second I've been in it.
2: I'm glad we had a good game to, to close out the 2023 Halloween Horror yes. Series. <laughs>
1: Sorry we're two weeks behind with getting all of our Halloween episodes out, but you know, gotta do what you gotta do.
2: We got them in, so that's yeah. the important thing.
1: But uh, like we said, um that's going to do it for the, for this episode for this review. And like we said, next week is going to be our top 5 for November. It's going to be top 5 most replayable games. And uh so go submit those to us either email or Discord, Twitter or Facebook and we will read them next week. So Derek, what is going on with the Derek Diamond experience?
2: So those that listen to the show, you might be thinking there wasn't an episode put out today. And that's because um, the interview I'm doing, uh, we're recording tomorrow. Uh, If you're watching live or listening to this, the night it comes out uh, it's a really cool guest, Uh, his name's Johnny Gioelli. He's the lead singer of the rock band crush 40 who wrote a good portion of the music for the modern Sonic, the hedgehog games like Sonic adventure, Sonic adventure two, and you know, years beyond that. So, um, He's going to be attending a Sonic uh, – it's like a Sonic convention that was completely crowdfunded, um, which is really cool. It's going nice. to be in Dallas, Texas this weekend, so um, he's going to be coming on the show to chat with me tomorrow, and uh, the interview will be up on YouTube and all podcasting platforms uh, probably around like 7 p.m. Central. We're recording the interview at 5, so – It'll be out shortly after that. So you can head over to linktree.com slash D Diamond Podcast to subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel, podcast, and social media.
1: Awesome. And uh, as far as the open micers goes, this last week we had Mr. JP Leonard of Lafayette Comedy and Mo Alexander back on the show. And we had quite possibly some of the funniest moments we've ever had on the episode. But I will say, if you are easily offended, please don't listen to the episode, because it, it goes places. But if you're interested you want to laugh at just... Oh, my God, I can't even describe. I, I, I almost cracked a rib laughing during that episode. <laughs> but go check it out, theopenmikers.com, at openmikers on Twitter and Instagram.
2: Yeah, it's, um, I, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I, I promise I will this week. <laughs> I've been seeing the the shorts you've been posting on YouTube and that's, it's just like wetting the appetite.
1: There were so many, like I, I, there were so many I could have taken out of that episode. I'm like, all right, I got to like cap it off at like five. Cause if I don't, I'm just going to upload the entire episode in <laughs> 50 second clips.
2: Uh, that'd be an interesting way to listen to a podcast,
1: <laughs> but uh, but that's gonna do it for this week. Anything else before we walk out the door?
2: No, I think that's it. Thanks everyone for uh, for watching live in the chat and on the yeah. download.
1: And uh, th- yeah, thank you all you guys in the chat. I love seeing a full chat room, so thank you guys. Hanging out with us tonight, and uh, I think we're going to go ahead and walk out the door. If you would like to email us, you could email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our brand new updated link tree that takes you to all of our socials, uh, our Patreon, and of course our merch shop, which you can get to at ncrmerch.com. And we got t shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires. You can find Follow us on social media at cave Retro, at JFunktastic, and at Derek underscore diamond. And of course, if you can't support us every month monetarily, please go leave us a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms. Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Up yours with a twirling wombo. <laughs> Chucker,
0: eh? This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production.
1: Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brescoffeeco.com.
2: That's right, Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee.
1: If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut-flavored roast.
2: Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce-flavored roast.
1: They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round.
2: If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brescoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order.